You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to Locked On NFL. We have a great show for you. We're going to talk about all the things that are going on around this league, releases, extra picks, everything that goes into how this team, your team, all the teams are going to get down to the numbers they need to in order to get through this offseason. We're brought to you today by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Go there and tell them that Locked On sent you. This is going to be a fun one. Uh, I don't even know where to start, Jake. This is going to be something that it's all leading up to that frenzy, right? Like, what are we, seven days out now? It's only going to get worse from here. The veteran cuts are happening. The franchise tags and lack thereof are happening. And a clue that we got when they didn't push that franchise deadline back was that they were really close to figuring out that cap number. And on Wednesday, it was announced that the teams were informed the salary cap, the base salary cap, for the 2021 league year will come in at $182,500,000. That is just a little bit above the cap floor, which was set at $180,500,000. A lot of teams, a lot of reporters, a lot of media speculated that it might, might get all the way up to $185 million. Didn't quite get there. Split the difference right in the middle. Hey, and that's okay because I'll, I'll tell you what. Every GM around this this league right now is going, I just got two and a half million bucks. I can get somebody that can cover kicks. I can get somebody that can go ahead and, and be my emergency guy at X position. Like two and a half million goes a long way when you're talking about roster spots 47 through 53. Uh, every little bit that they can get, I think, is important. And it all leads up to getting that base number down so that all these teams can get prepared for what has to come next. And it's a step-by-step process. This is one of my favorite steps. I really like the draft a lot better. And I guess we should introduce ourselves because I forgot to do that. I'm Ryan Tracy. I, I run a company called Rogue Analytics where we look at the athleticism matrices for draft picks. We'll get into that later in the offseason. But I'm kind of looking forward to this whole thing getting going myself. I'm the co-host. You heard my name earlier. I'm Jake Lisko. Just excited to talk as I am every week on Thursday about the things going on in the league and the interesting moves that teams are making, especially at this time of year, Ryan. Like you said, a lot of really interesting stuff happening now and leading into the draft. We were just getting our first pro days, talking about your athleticism matrices that you're going to put together, matrices, I guess, that you're going to put together for some of these guys. Some really impressive numbers coming out of pro days, and I'm going to be interested to talk to you in coming weeks about how much your docking guys are dinging some of these numbers that are coming in from pro days where it seems like every single cornerback is running a four, three or a four, two, five. So we'll talk about that in some future weeks, I think, because today we really do have to focus on the, the coming frenzy. You talked about it. We talked about it last week. We're expecting to see more guys cut. We're going to talk about that coming up in segment two, but we talked about yesterday on the show, James and Tony talked to you guys about all the franchise tags that did happen. How about some of the moves that didn't happen? There's a number of things that didn't go on and that opens up the whole thing. I mean, there's so many, I don't know where to start. I think there's a really nice tight end that's going to be available, whether he goes back to where he was before or not in John O'Smith. Um, the 
plethora of outside linebackers that is going to be available is going to be interesting. Levante David did sign uh, a contract. I know you have particular interest in that one. Yeah, this is actually insane. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers so infrequently give out guaranteed money. You can go look at their cap breakdown on over the cap or wherever you like to see your cap details. And you'll see that the signing bonus column for, for veterans in particular is mostly empty on um, non rookie deals. Tampa has given out guaranteed signing bonus money, prorated signing bonus money to, I believe two guys on the roster. One of those is Mike Evans. One of them is Ali Marpet. And those guys got, you know, moderate signing bonuses, a little bit bigger for Mike Evans. And not only did Levante David get a signing bonus, but the Tampa Bay Buccaneers also use the maximum amount of void years to prorate that signing bonus into the future as much as possible to the point where this deal that has like 20, 20 some odd, I think million guaranteed has a year one cap hit under $5 million. If I recall correctly, They've, they've pushed it so hard. They're willing to take that dead cap hit in the future. And what that tells you is this is a team that, that thinks they have something special and they're pulling out all the stops to run it back. They are, and kudos to them. It's a tool, obviously, they don't use very often, but that also leaves them maybe a little bit more room to try to do something with Shaq Barrett, who's one of the other outside linebackers that's out there. The pass rushers, you know, whether you list them as OLBs or DEs doesn't really matter at this point. The four-man fronts that nearly everyone rushes out of in their base packages when you bring someone in to make it a sub, that's what's important. You have Barrett still out there. I think something gets done. There's Judon out there. There's Leonard Floyd out there, but Dupree's out there. Now Yannick Ngakwe, you have Lawson. Like There's a good group there. I think they are in pretty prime position, honestly, to be one of those groups that, that reaps the benefits of all being out there and teams trying to make room for them <laughs> i feel bad for the running backs because Aaron jones Kenyon drake and chris carson i think are out in the wind that's one position group that you don't want to be in this offseason there's another one too you didn't mention guard you can talk about oh. guard the same way i mean joe tooney doesn't get a franchise tag that's expected i think the patriots aren't going to tag a guard two years in a row but you see kevin zeitler getting released in new york on wednesday trey turner might hit the market again Andrew Norwell is on the trading block. I can't imagine the Jaguars are excited to pay him $14 million and make him one of the top paid guards in the NFL again this year. So you're going to see all these guys getting pushed to market. Gabe Jackson from Oakland, another guy on the trade block that could very well get cut when they're not able to work anything out. You're seeing teams, generally speaking, besides Trent Brown, not be able to work out trades for these guys that they know they're going to have to cut. Kyle Van Noy finally getting released, for example on Wednesday as well. So going to be really interesting to see what happens with guards and across the league. Some of these positions, I'm going to be interested to see what happens with the, the size of deals. These guys get with all of those edge rushers. You talked about getting to market, all of these guards getting to market. What's that going to do for their price tags, right? Are there going to be some yeah. bargains to be found for some of these guys that, you know, smart teams are going to find those moves to, to find really valuable underrated guys, maybe at a, at a bargain price. 
you're absolutely right. And I, and I you got to think that it's the guards that are going to get the brunt of it, right? Because, you know, guys that have been making that kind of money that are clearly out in the cold at this moment, Zeitler's a great example. You know, I mean, he's top 20 or top 30, at least in a couple of different categories when you look at how well he blocks. So figuring that, you know, out of the top 64 starting guards in the league, there's one of those guys on the street right now that you can go get. I don't think it's going to have the market that obviously the ends are, but that's just the start. Like you said, there's other trades that might fall through. There's other guys that have big price tags coming. This is, I think, a unique thing for a lot of teams that feel that they need to get younger at the position or have one hole to fill on their offensive line where they need one veteran. This is going to be an interesting year for a lot of rebuilt offensive lines. And that's not all. There's all kinds of moves being made that retooling is coming. There are guys that are available that your team can go get if you're so inclined. We're going to get into those coming up next. The chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics versus us do-it-yourselfers, but rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they're reliably low. rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing their prices based on whims like the airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require a membership or an account login. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend twice the money for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com now to see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in there, how did you hear about us box, so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. We've been telling you about Built Bar on the Locked On Podcast Network for quite some time now. It's the best tasting protein bar on the market. It's got low calories, high protein, high fiber, low sugar. And it does all that while tasting great and being coated in 100% real chocolate, a variety of great flavors. And right now, Built Bar is running a tournament to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness. Thursday's matchup features Caramel Brownie against Cherry Barcia and Lemon Almond Cheesecake against Carrot Cake with Walnuts. Out of all those flavors, I got to say my personal favorite and an underrated Built Bar flavor is that carrot cake with walnuts? I'm sure you have your own opinions. Go make your voice heard at builtbar.com or bar underscore built on Twitter. And remember to use promo code locked on 20. You'll get 20% off your next order at builtbar.com. That's code locked on 20. Ryan, with that cap number set, last week we talked about the quote that said, There's a massacre coming. There's a contract cut down that's going to be black. Friday for a whole week across the league. And we're seeing it kind of day by day. We're seeing more and more guys getting cut. We're hearing about guys going on the trade block. And the reason for that is, of course, the cap's gone down and there are still several teams negative to the cap. So if we're looking for teams to make continued cap cuts, you're looking at teams like the Saints, who are currently $33 million over the cap after some restructures from some other teams. Now the furthest away from the cap in terms of effective cap space, according to over the cap, the saints $31.9 million away. The Eagles still have $27 million to clear. Still not sure how the Eagles are going to figure that out. The chiefs, $21 million to clear the Bears, 17 and a half. 
The Falcons, who only have 39 players under contract, have effectively only, or not only, but $22 million to clear because they don't have any offsets coming to help them get there. The Packers, nine and a half. The Bucks, even still, with that Levante David move over the cap, so they have to figure some things out. A number of teams beyond that, very tight to the cap. The Cowboys today doing some restructures to buy themselves some room. But we're seeing cap cuts around the league. Emmanuel Sanders, still a very productive player. Kevin Zeitler, we talked about earlier, still going to make somebody a better team. But the question for all these guys is going to be, what's the market? You're seeing all these guards, we talked about it a little bit in the last segment, who were up on the trade block. And if Kevin Zeitler didn't have any takers, he might have been the best one of the bunch. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And it, it feels like it's so widespread. Like when you name off all those teams all in a row, like my my immediate reaction is there's, you know, that horror movie, like the serial killer walks in with an M60 and he's gunning everyone down. And those teams are the ones hiding in the little corners, waiting to make their moves so that they don't risk anything. They have to get going. Like we're we're counting down the days now. And I think the bloodletting is going to be even worse for those teams that they're holding on to some of these reactions. The guards are just the start. And you're right. It changes the market now even more drastically because somebody's going to grab those guys up pretty quickly. And if you're left trying to work something out that doesn't come down, that you finally just have to cut ties, you know, especially if it gets to the point where you're rushed, I think it actually changes the way that your organization can prepare to move forward. You know, the saints are one of those teams. Yes. They have a lot of work to do. They just got more picks today. We're going to talk about that coming up in a, in a later piece, but it all has to come together. And I feel like there's a lot of them just kind of lagging out there, a little shell shocked about what's going on. I assume there are plans in place, right? Like teams have to know what they have to do. And and to your point, maybe they're just waiting to try to, you know, sneak some guys into the market a little bit later, not let other teams start negotiating with some of the guys that they're hopeful to try to get back at a lower number or, you know, figure something out that they haven't thought of yet. But I would hope that all of these teams that are over the cap right now actually have a plan. I mean, I would assume they've got the cap guy that's like, all right, here's what we have to do. You know, that they've got to figure it out, right? You're you're really optimistic, and I appreciate it. I am the total other side of the thing. I think there's people running around front offices right now scrambling because you just got to crunch the numbers. I mean, the, the, you, you should be able to, like, write a program that does it. Like, they've got to they, – <laughs> they should be able to hire coders that are like, okay, here's what we've got. Show, and, and Over the Cap actually has this. Over the Cap has a has a list for every team of here are the biggest cap-saving moves you can make. If you're a GM out there listening to Locked on NFL for some reason, go to Over the Cap and, and <laughs> look at your team and, and see what the moves are that will save you the most money. And, and you're going to come up with stuff that Over the Cap hasn't because Over the Cap doesn't have, like, void year extensions as an option, like we've seen with Ben Roethlisberger, like we just saw with Levante David, like we saw with J.J. Watt's contract. And and what's going to be crazy is in two years, well, let's see what that cap number is. Because across the league in two years, when all these void years start hitting, there's going to be tens of millions of dollars in dead cap hits just across the league that I don't think there's anything these teams can do about. No, it's like it's like digging chunks out. It's going to be ridiculous. And if you are a GM that's listening to like, right now today you should be doing something else you have work to do (laughs) 
you know, at the end of the day, it's math. Crunch the numbers. I, I do like the, you bring it up. It's a very good point. The void years. Um, uh, some of the more creative things that you do between signing bonus and roster bonus, other you're able to move around and do the restructures. I thought what we saw from the Dallas Cowboys and getting some of that done, I think is telling that you, you got bullied, you got outlasted, you had to do the contract for Dak, and now you got to make up for it every which way that you can. That includes the math, that includes some creative terms about ways to get it done. And that's where I think uh, there are teams in this league that aren't prepared to do that. You can have a quote-unquote cap guru who's good at doing the math and getting things put together like a puzzle, but it's that out-of-the-box thinking that I think sometimes separates teams when they have to get a huge thing done like this. And it'll be great to see what teams do a really good job of it. There are some teams that have put themselves in a really good position. There are several teams with more than $40 million in cap space to spend. And if you look at some of the deals that have been signed, talked about Levante David, talked about J.J. Watt, the year one cap hit on these deals that have tons of money, a big cash spend is coming in at like $6 million. You're going to see a bunch of teams they give out, you know, 10 mil, say it's a 10 year, sorry, say it's a three year, $30 million contract for whatever position, doesn't matter. And, you know, $10 million is guaranteed in, in the form of a signing bonus. Realistically, most likely that player is going to play year one, year two of that deal just because of the way the math all works out. So for the player, you're looking at the first two years for your uh, likely guaranteed money, the money you're likely to get all of. So you can structure that contract in such a way that the year one salary, it's like a million dollars, $2 million. And that signing bonus prorates to $3.3 million. And your cap hit in year one is between four to five and a half million dollars. Year two, it goes up to like $8 million. Year three, maybe it goes up to $12 million. And by then the caps are covered and you don't care. So despite the fact that all these teams are really cap strapped right now, I think it's really more of an issue of cash and how comfortable these owners are spending money that they didn't necessarily get and, and putting that money up front into signing bonuses for teams like Tampa that don't do it mm-hmm. and, and in doing so buying themselves flexibility. Because like I said, you can spend a lot of money in cash and save a lot of money in cap. If you really see an opportunity, say you've got a rookie quarterback deal to push the envelope this off season when a lot of teams don't have that kind of flexibility. Yeah, and that's the, the zig and zag to have that opportunity and take the most advantage that you possibly can. That's really what it comes down to. It is back and forth, making the most of it. And I think that's also interesting. One thing we didn't cover before, just to throw it out, there were more safeties tagged this year than any other position. I think that comes back to that too, because that is a way to retain what you feel is the, the strength of your roster without costing you that money, the the. the the volume, uh, the size of the tag, the volume that you have to put into the safety thing, it makes it too much of a bargain. And that's got to be playing into a number of teams as well. It's a really good point. And when you talk about value, I think that that conversation does really quickly transition into our last conversation of the day, which is going to be focusing on those, those comp- compensatory picks that the NFL announced on Wednesday. But just to put some context around the number, the fourth smallest franchise tag you can give out is to a safety. It is $10.6 million, according to Over the Cap, for the first franchise tag you put on a safety. And you think about how, how important some of the safeties around the league are to their teams, guys like Derwin James when they're healthy, guys like Harrison Smith. You know, they're, they're, 
safeties that make massive impacts on their team for that money. And I think that's a market inefficiency that I'm going to be interested to watch and see. Do safeties ever get paid? Is the safety payday coming in the NFL? But that'll be a conversation for another day. We've got to talk about these comp picks because there are a lot of early comp picks this year. Maybe historic. We'll talk about that coming up next. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are going to be back in full swing. And Bet Online even covers award shows, reality TV, all kinds of stuff. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. The promo code's locked on for Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. As you hinted out before, compensatory picks have been announced. This is like my favorite deep dark hole that nobody really understands how it works. It's this mythical formula that has balance in it, right? Well, not even the NFL understands how it works because they gave out one extra pick today and they had to come back and revise the whole list. And I, I believe that's that's due to the equality rule put in place, third round selections uh, given away for hiring away uh, coaches or GMs of color and uh, i think they just stacked them into like you know the first year when you're supposed to spread them out but that's just how complex this thing is it is crazy and this was a really interesting year it ended up being pretty big at least for the you know the top compensatories that you can get which are the third rounders yeah and i guess i have to retract the teaser that i gave before i went to the break because it turns out this isn't quite as historic as i thought that mistake that the nfl made giving a second pick to the san francisco 49ers in 2021 when it should have been in 2022 in the third round has lowered the compensatory pick amount in the third round in total to 10. in the fourth round though there are seven so that means before you get to the fifth round those those last valuable picks, maybe the, depending on where you see the cutoffs in the draft, Bill Belichick certainly doesn't value fifth round picks very much. You go back and look at his trade history, the amount of times he's traded fifth rounders for quality players. Those top of the fifth round picks get pushed down. And it's interesting because there seems to be a trend happening in the NFL right now where they're comfortable giving out more third round picks, especially with coaches being added into the formula. There were four comp picks given out for coaches that went to other teams. Only mm-hmm. only six of those third-round comp picks after there were 10 player-based comp picks in the third round last year were for players that went to other teams. I think it's great to see. It takes a wider view of what an organization is by including the coaches in the formula. I think that's great. I'd still love some clarity about what the formula actually is, but you know, I can hope there are things that will come eventually, right? Looking at an organization from its its guts all the way out to what ends up on the field, I think that's important. And that shows you that they're recognizing that more and more. I think this may end up being a trend where you see more higher round compensatories given out because of the movement that I do think is going to continue at least at this level, if not increase over the next few years. And like you said, this is the value ending at the fourth round. And I talked about this over on my channel. If anybody wants to check it out, it's called RGR football on YouTube. It's a compression that I call it by trying to get up from the bottom and down from the top. It's, it's very similar to what Belichick does, but it is based on the value. And you, you nailed it before that 
those fifths are interesting because every now and then you can get lucky, right? You could even get lucky in the seventh. That's fine. But when you get into the fourth, it just raising that level up into what the one forties, when you talk about overall draft classes that has a tendency to increase your hit rate. And that's what makes rosters. I remember last year, Ryan, I was doing the mock draft simulators, getting myself ready to, to have an idea of where all these players were going to go. And I was doing it before the comp picks were announced. And last year, you know, the, the mock draft simulators didn't have it built in where they were projecting what the comp picks were going to be. I think that, you know, Jason over at Over the Cap, Jason underscore OTC on Twitter does a really good job of projecting these every year. So kudos to him. But last year they weren't incorporated into the simulator. So I was getting guys in the third round. I'm like, oh, yeah, I like this in the third round. And then there's suddenly 10 comp picks going in there. <laughs> and and the guys that I'm looking at at the top of the fourth round are like, oh, now they're going late third. What the heck? What am I? What what am I doing here? So, it, it, you're you're absolutely right. Adding these picks in, and it's typically good teams getting these picks, right? You look at the list here. The Rams have a couple picks. You know they tend to be pretty well run organization. Baltimore gets one. New New Orleans gets one. New England gets one. New Orleans actually gets two. So, a lot of teams on this list playoff teams and it tends to be cyclical right you nail draft picks you have a lot of good players you refill the stores and you let some of those good players walk they get big contracts like cj mosley signing 17 million dollar contract as a linebacker that one time and then you get more third round picks and then you refill the stores it's what good teams do to cycle draft capital and and then when you start missing you start to see teams like the jaguars who haven't had a comp pick in I don't even know how long. Seven plus years, I think I saw today. Oh, wow. I didn't realize it was that kind of drought. I looked it up, actually. It's 11 years. 11 <laughs> years without a comp pick. And back in 2010, when they last got one, it was a six-round pick. And it's not like the Jaguars have drafted that poorly. But they did trade guys. To, to their credit, we should say this for the Jacksonville Jaguars. They traded some guys, and they, got some, they traded Jalen Ramsey, right? But... The way that Jacksonville has tended to operate in free agency, they traded Yannick Ngakwe too, I guess, but they're, mm -hmm. they're signing a lot of unrestricted free agents. They're not keeping their own guys. They're trading some of their own guys that are getting disgruntled. And, you know, they're, they're looking to Urban Meyer to, to try to bring some stability, I guess. But when you run your organization that way, it's really hard to get into that comp pick cycle that I talked about and start just naturally providing yourself with more resources to build your team and stabilize things for the long term. It makes it hard. And then Meyer hasn't gotten off the greatest start even in this regime, right? And so there are certain currents that run within organizations. It's going to be interesting to see how they can kind of stabilize. That's got to be the first goal. I know it's going to be about Trevor Lawrence and how you develop him. But that is, I think, a subcomponent of stabilizing the roster so that you can spread some talent out. You've had guys like Jim and Ramsey. You've had what you'd hoped in Miles Jack to be a, a superior talent, but too specified in your selections don't give you the girth that I think you can afford to lose picks or, or guys that will bring you picks, and that doesn't create that cycle. So stabilizing the roster has to be job number one, in my opinion. And it's tough across the NFL to, to get yourself out of that rut. And you look around the league and you see how teams get themselves into this position. For the most part, it's happening when you're not finding that window where you actually need to blow the thing up. 
and you try to keep pushing and try try to keep retooling instead of rebuilding. We've talked about this a lot on this podcast, especially when we were going through some of the teams that are in cap hell. We talked about the opportunity to take to reset this year with the environment being what it is and, and using this as a way to kind of reset things and, and try to get out of that rut. But teams in the NFL generally because GMs and coaches are fighting for their job for most teams don't like to take that year or, or year and a half. Sometimes it can take to really figure things out. And so instead you see, you know, let's, let's sign, you know, Matt Flynn to a big deal. And and then you draft Russell, <laughs> Russell Wilson, you know, or, or let's sign Matt Castle to a big deal. You see teams try to make desperate moves to stay relevant and it just, keeps kicking the can down the road. And that's why you don't get a comp pick for 11 years. And it's interesting. This could be a good excuse, this whole lowered cap. And what we're seeing with all these, uh, particularly offensive linemen out there, that I think in terms of bang for your buck, an offensive lineman that is decent, it doesn't have to be upper echelon, top 10 in his position. But if he's solid, he can make a difference in your organization this year right now and help you make that turnaround. I think this is going to be interesting to see who takes full advantage of that and who gets caught in the blinders of getting under the cap and trying to support a star here or a new quarterback here instead of thinking the breadth of your roster. Yeah, you look at the teams with a lot of space, right? And, and you look for teams that are trying to take a leap or trying to get back on track. The Jaguars, of course, have the most space in the NFL and they have great draft capital. Can they find the deals or do they just overpay guys as they've done in the past and, and just try to get the stars that have not necessarily always worked out? The Jets, very similar story to the Jaguars. The Patriots, though, I mean, Bill Belichick ostensibly knows what he's doing up there. And he has $68 million to play with this year. And one of the higher draft picks I think he's probably had in his time in New England. The Colts, of course, bring in a new quarterback. They've got $46 million to spend. And then you've got teams that need to take a leap, right? The Bengals, the Washington football team, the Dolphins, the Broncos, the Chargers, the Browns, all teams that, you know, if they do things right, you can see a changing of the guard. And a lot of people out there listening are probably thinking, those teams don't know what they're doing. That's why they are where they are every year. You know, they're, they're perennially in the gutter. Well, they have an opportunity here. And if they do it right. And if they do it right, they can take advantage of several of them having new front offices, fresh eyes, fresh concepts. Make the most of what you have right now. And this can be day one of your new refurbish. We hope that you guys are excited about that. Let us know. We'd love to hear your iTunes reviews. Tell us what you want to hear about how they go about building a roster. I think that's what I'm most interested in, Jake. What about you? Well, if you've been listening to us on Thursdays, you know that I am fascinated by the cap aspect of things, maybe this year more than most years because of the unusual nature of the reduced cap this year and just how it fits into team building. Do you actually buy that teams like the Bengals, the football team in Washington, the Dolphins, the Broncos, the Chargers, the Browns, the Panthers can get on top? The Cardinals, you could throw them into the mix and take over for some of these teams that have been running things in the NFL for so long that maybe this year are a little bit more cash draft. That's what I want to see how that develops in the next week or two here as free agency opens. And we'll be here to cover it. We're here to cover it. Chris and Q on Fridays, they're going to be there tomorrow to catch you up on the most recent cap cuts as free agency inches closer 
Until next Thursday when we have some free agent signings to talk about for Ryan Tracy, I'm Jake Lisko. We'll talk to you then.